It's time for the Back to the Book broadcast with Brother Jimmy Ruckman. You can send all correspondence to Brother Jimmy Ruckman, 1621 Six Mile Cemetery Road, Maryville, Tennessee, 37803, or email backtothebookbroadcast at gmail.com. The Back to the Book broadcast is a ministry of the Ridgeview Baptist Church in Walland, Tennessee. You can visit the church website at rbcwalland.org. And now the broadcast. Please take your Bibles once again, turn to the Gospel of Romans. Romans, and just turn to chapter 1 here for a moment. I know we've been teaching from, really through the book of Romans, we've made it all the way kind of to the end of chapter 5, verse 21, and we maybe have jumped over a few passages, not so much intentionally, but we're trying to give you the big picture, and then teach through it as we're giving you the big picture. But sometimes it's helpful as we're teaching through the entire book to stop for a second and refresh ourselves on the big picture. Again, where we're at here in Romans chapter 5 and then going into chapter 6, we're fixing to go to a slight transition again. We've been dealing with this thing on the differences between law and grace. And there's still a bit more to be said about that and still a bit more that Paul's going to be teaching us about that. But again, what's the big picture here that we've been dealing with so far in Romans in chapter well Romans chapter 1 through chapter 5. So if you'll remember Romans chapter 1 through most of chapter 3 is dealing on this thing of our condemned state or our sin towards God. And the conclusion of that entire matter is what? That all have sinned. I'll show you these verses in a moment. You move to the end of chapter 3, going in really through chapter 5, and we're dealing on this thing of justification. And then you get to the, especially to the end of chapter 5, even chapter 4 really, Paul's having to contrast this thing and show some people the differences between what the law could do and what the law's true purpose was, and what grace can do and what the purpose of grace is. So, Romans chapter 1 verse 16, that's what we pretty much used as a kind of a theme or text to help us see the big picture on this first part of Romans. What does it say? For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation, to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first, and also to the Greek. For therein, in the gospel, is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, The just shall live by faith. Verse 18. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who hold the truth in unrighteousness. Now we're going to stop reading there. Um, So the, the general picture we've been dealing with is this thing of the gospel. Now Paul's taking doctrines and breaking them down and and showing that they hold up to everything the Old Testament believers knew. He's showing it that it is still scriptural. And see, the the bigger problem here, he's writing to an audience that is going to be at least partly Jewish. Some of them are going to be Gentiles. Some of those Gentiles may at one point have been proselytes to Judaism. So they're going to have some natural questions that honestly are very still up to date today because we still have the same doctrinal differences. And if you really want to boil down religion versus true salvation, it's all boiled down to this. Religion tells you to do. 
religion, the law, it's all expectations that you have to do this, do this, do this, do this. And only if you can keep these things perfectly, and remember that word, perfectly, by the law, can you be saved, supposedly. Here's the thing. No man anywhere at any time other than the man, the God-man, Jesus Christ, has ever been able to keep the law. So Paul begins to break down this law, this law that the Jews especially, they rested in. Chapter 2, verse 17 tells us that. Behold, thou art called a Jew, and restest in the law, and makest thy boast of God. Here the Jew, what was he really counting on to get him to heaven? He was counting on the law. He was counting on his adherence, his obedience to the law, and while externally they could look wonderful, internally there was still a problem. They maybe had got the, their eyes and dotted and their T's crossed right on the outside, but on the inside God still had a problem. So remember again, Romans chapter 1 through chapter 3 is dealing heavily on this thought, you are a sinner, you are condemned before God, and that was the whole purpose of the law. Now we've dealt with that a lot even in recent weeks, dealing on this subject of justification and starting to compare the law versus grace. So if you don't get anything else that I've said, from here, from this point and, and back, at least get this. The law, the, which is the Ten Commandments and more, it's really all of the, the entirety of the Old Testament. You could look at it in that way. God gave the nation of Israel a law. It had a moral law in it. It had a national law in it. It had some, just uh, several different pieces like that. It even had a dietary law in that. We're not under law anymore. Now, does that mean we are free to live immorally as we please? No. We'll deal with that more, especially getting into chapter 6. And Lord willing, we'll be hitting some on, into some of that this week. God doesn't intend for us to just live in open sin. But we need to understand we're not under the law. What was the purpose of the law? The purpose of the law was never to save. Nail that down. Write that down somewhere. That's going to help you in your understanding of scriptures in really all over. There are major religious groups out there that teach that if you do such and such, basically, okay, we're going to get you into heaven. That's what gets you into heaven. I, I, I saw this church sign. I took a picture of it, and it's in our area. I will, I'll keep the name of the church out of it for now, but I was floored by a sign I saw once, and this is a couple years back. I was going through some pictures on my phone the other day, and it pulled up. And it basically talking about, you know, well, how, how do we get to heaven? You know, something along the lines of the sin problem. And it goes on to say that total devotion to God is the answer. Well, no, it's not. I know what they meant. And they're speaking of a work salvation. And while morally they might be good, in our eyes, morality doesn't get a man to heaven. Keeping the law never does get a man to heaven. We have a sin problem. We have a sin nature. And if you remember, that sin nature was God's problem with us. That law was only given, just as we said last week, that law was given 
for one purpose only, to show, oh, here's the law of God. You think you're good enough to get to heaven? Okay, well then see how you measure up to this law. When man starts to try to live up to that law, he finds out every time he can't. He falls short of the mark. Some might get farther than others, but the, the case of the matter is, every time mankind falls short of the mark that they were given, whether it's the law of conscience or whether it's the entirety of the law of God, either way, they all do the same thing. They all condemn that man because he sinned. We, okay, take some of these people that don't have all the law of God in their conscience, which is not a, a faultless way to judge between right and wrong, but in their conscience, every man knows it's wrong to kill, every man knows it's wrong to steal, every man knows it's wrong to commit adultery. Let's just take those three. We don't even have to go any deeper than that. Just take those three commandments. Every man, by the law of conscience, knows that those things are wrong. And every man has failed somewhere on those points. Let's throw one more in there. Thou shalt not bear false witness, or thou shalt not lie. We all know it's wrong. But I'm going to tell you, every one of us have done it. But for those that say, well, no, I haven't. I've never broke God's law. I've never lied. Well, you just did. But, okay, let me take it for granted. Okay, say you did. I've never lied. Okay. Well, great. Well, then, thou shalt not steal. You say, oh, I've never stolen. Okay, fine. Thou shalt not... Um, Thou shalt not commit adultery. Oh, I've never committed adultery. Well, God shows the intent of the law in um, the beginning of the New Testament, in Matthew chapter 5, I believe it is, where he says, thou, thou sayest, you know, not to commit adultery, but I say unto you, whosoever looketh after a woman in his heart to lust after her hath committed adultery already in his heart. So God begins to show people through the law that the sin problem is so much deeper than just on the outside. It's a heart problem. And that law would convince this man who thought he was good, and maybe externally he's never ran, ran out on his wife and committed adultery, but in his heart he had thought wrong about this woman. He never went out and, and stole from anybody, but then the law brings up, Thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's, I'm just going to paraphrase, the neighbor's stuff, any of, anything he has. Well, that's a heart problem. That's something that's not on the outside, and th that's, the, that's the real issue. A man who has a very strong will, might be able to curb his sinful flesh on the external. He might be able to hide, to a large extent, what really goes on in his heart. He might be able to hide from others that he's truly an adulterer at heart. He might be able to hide from others that he's a murderer at heart. The Bible says, if you hate your brother without a cause, you're a murderer already. That's the beginning of murder. So, he, you can hide that. You don't have to actually go commit the act. In God's book, it's already in your heart. Then thou shalt not, you know, lie. Well, we've all been very deceptive at times. That's a form of lying. You see, when you begin to take the law of God, that man that thought he was okay, that man that thought he was living good up to the law of his conscience, the truth is we've all fallen way short of God's mark. So the purpose of the law was to expose the heart. And that's why the Jews hated Christ so much, because when he comes on the scene... He's showing them the true intent of the law. Matthew chapter 5, he starts taking the law to its true meaning and showing them, look, you say this, this is what the law really is intended for. This is what it's meant. He begins dealing with the heart issues. And every person that was living good on the outside, all those Pharisees, 
that had their I's dotted and their T's crossed externally were convicted because Jesus Christ was exposing them for what they really were, and it's sinners. But they were too proud to admit that they were a sinner before God. That was the only purpose of the law, is to show man his need for grace, to show man his need for the promised coming Redeemer, the Messiah, the one who would save his people from their sins. My friend, I want to ask you this today. Have you ever compared your life to the law of God? Do you really think you measure up to God's law? I hate to break it to you, but you don't. No man can. No man ever has except for Christ. There is no way possible, if you've already broken it in one piece, it's too late for you. Aside from that, you have a sin nature. The purpose of the law is to show every man that he is under condemnation from God above, that he is under a curse of the law. He is under the death penalty because of his sin, and that if something else aside from the law must be done, a righteousness must be attained outside of the law, because the law could never bring righteousness, there, there, there must be a righteousness attained outside of the law, in order to get us to heaven. And that was in Christ. So, we turn into chapter 4, and Paul begins to explain to this Jew who's had his rest in the law. That was his trust. That the law was good. The law is right. The law was holy. The problem is man's not, and he can't live up to it. The law was there to convince him of his sin. So then we turn the page to chapter 4, and Paul begins to show all these Juda Judaizers that, hey, listen, the law never did save. All the way back to Adam, all the way back to Abraham, all the way back at David's time, who David would have lived under the law, Abraham didn't. It's always by grace that we are saved, by faith in God, by faith in His work. And then at the end of the chapter 4, what's He show us that the answer for us is? It is by faith in Jesus our Lord, if we believe on Him that raised up Jesus our Lord from the dead, who was delivered for our offenses and raised again for our justification. And so then we're able to see the righteousness of God through the gospel of Jesus Christ. My friend, have you ever seen yourself as a sinner before God? If not, you need to. You need, you need to get in God's word. You need to look the law and understand where you have fallen short. Because only then can you qualify for the grace that God's, God offers only ungodly people will make it to heaven. Because by realizing that we are ungodly and we are sinners, we realize the need for a righteousness not of our own, but that righteousness which is Christ, which is the only way any man can enter into God's heaven. You've been listening to the Back to the Book broadcast with Brother Jimmy Ruckman. You can send all correspondence to Brother Jimmy Ruckman, 1621 Six Mile Cemetery Road, Maryville, Tennessee, 37803, or email back to the book broadcast at gmail.com. The Back to the Book broadcast is a ministry of the Ridgeview Baptist Church in Wallen, Tennessee. You can visit the church website at rbcwallen.org.